Put 10% of your portfolio in gold and hope it doesn't go up, is the old Wall Street adage. And never has that advice seemed truer than these past 12 months. Stocks have been almost unstoppable. The S&P is at all-time highs, about 40% higher than it was a year ago. The FTSE 250 isn't far off that. Even the FTSE 100 is up by and by nearly a 1,000 points as well. And yet gold is down over 10%. Silver by more. A year ago, gold was north of $2,000. Silver was testing $30. Today, silver's $23. Gold's $1,800. Find me another asset that has fallen in price with all the printing that's going on. There aren't many. And they say a, a rising tide lifts all boats, but gold and silver have both been bypassed. And the brutal truth is this. Over the past year, precious metals have been outshone by pretty much every other asset in the world. But if you followed the wisdom of the adage, you've done well. Your gold was your insurance premium. Everything else went up. Better that than the other way round. Gold goes up and everything else falls. That gold hasn't been going up means elsewhere is doing okay. And you can argue that the growth is illusory and it might well prove to be, but for now, markets aren't buying it. Gold's problem is that, as Charlie Morris of the Fleet Street Letter puts it, the economic, economic recovery is going too well. But we gold speculators want to hear, we don't want to hear that gold is your insurance. Insurance is boring. We want to hear that gold's going to two and a half thousand and gold stocks are trebling and quadrupling. Well, be careful what you wish for. Maybe the inflationary reality of that scenario would not be so pleasant. What even is the point of gold anymore? Now we have Bitcoin, digital gold in a digital age. Gold's beauty may not have been replicated, but its scarcity has, and that, that's what gives it value. The digital economy is where the growth is. You don't have to go through 10 years of hell to get a mine producing. You can code an app and get it to market in a matter of months. Investors get a quicker return, and so the sector attracts more capital. Gold, meanwhile, plods on this most analogue of assets in a digital world. Last weekend saw the 50th anniversary of President Nixon's taking the United States off the gold standard. Ironic that it should come as the US bails out of Afghanistan, another of its disastrous foreign interventions. The US abandoned gold to finance its war in Vietnam. In, 19, in August 1971, French President Pompidou sent a battleship to New York to collect its gold holdings. Even the British asked Americans to prepare $3 billion worth of Fort Knox gold for withdrawal. And President Richard Nixon told the citizens of the United States in a televised address that the United States would no longer honour its promise to redeem dollars for gold. And when asked about the impact this would have on foreign nationals, Nixon's answer was... I don't give a shit about the lira. Nixon floated the dollar because he didn't have the gold to pay for the military infrastructure the US had built to drop four million tonnes of explosive on Southeast Asia. It was a temporary measure, like income tax, quantitative easing and masks. For the first time in history, gold no longer played a part in the monetary system. Purists, of which I resolutely am one, will trace so many of the world's current problems, from spendthrift governments and their bloated states to house price inflation and the inequality gap, 
to that decision. Gold banks have always maintained that a return to gold is inevitable. History shows that fiat money systems inevitably die. An inflationary collapse is all but unavoidable. But here we are 50 years on and a return to gold hardly seems imminent. The only people talking about it are odd balls like me. Fiat may be a mess, its consequences may be verging on the despicable, but it is surviving and functioning. So why do we need gold? It's clear that inflation is here. House prices have double-digit inflation. A pint of beer that 18 months ago cost me £4 now cost me £6.50. Materials costs are through the roof. School fees are up. Wages are rising. Heck, even the Bank of England admits there is inflation. And yet gold goes down. A fortnight ago, at 11pm on Sunday night, three weeks ago, Markets were barely open and they were thinly traded and out east Japan and Singapore were on holiday and somebody dumped 100 tonnes of gold on the market, $4 billion worth. Gold miners typically sell 10 tonnes on a given day and during normal working hours, not when markets are at their least liquid. Some reports are that it was a margin call, others that it was somebody trying to manipulate the price lower. Who knows? But who wants to take on a market like that? Ross Norman, uh, who's a gold analyst of metalsdaily.com, argues that all things considered, gold fared well with such an onslaught. And got Ross constantly tops the LBMA's annual forecasting competition. So, when, so we should heed his advice. And despite the gloom of my gloom, he's bullish. Though he says, patience is required. Ugh. Patience. Ten years ago, gold was 19.20 an ounce, higher than it is today. Think of all the money that's been printed. There is pretty much no other asset, certain commodities aside, that is trading below where it was ten years ago. Particularly the asset you buy to hedge against money printing. You can cite all the arguments you like about fiat money, inflation, debt, suppressed interest rates, money printing, unsustainable spending, misleading government statistics. I know them all. I agree with them all. The gold price should be going up. It should be two or three times higher, but it isn't. Veteran analyst Jim Sinclair used to say that the purpose of gold is to balance the books of the USA. In 1980, during the Iranian hostage crisis, when gold peaked at the end of 10 years of bull market, it went to $850 an ounce. The US could have paid down its debts with its gold. Today, US debt is closing in on 27 trillion. The value of its gold holdings doesn't even amount to half a trillion. For gold to go back to its 1980 equivalent, you're looking at a gold price over 50 times higher. <laughs> it's a nice conversation for dinner parties, but back in the real world, it is not going to happen. One day, gold's day will come. Lord knows when that day might, will be. It might happen so quickly there won't be time to buy. We'll wake up and find there's some crisis and gold will be many times higher. That's why you always need to have some. But I've spent some considerable time auditing China's gold holdings. It's the world's largest producer and the world's largest importer. And I'm convinced it dramatically understates what its actual gold holdings are, so as not to throw down any kind of gauntlet to the United States before it's ready. We must not shine too brightly, is its motto. 
But we know it has designs on global reserve currency status. We know it is extraordinarily ambitious and sees itself at the top of the global money tree. We also know that it is planning some kind of central bank digital currency to launch in time for the Winter Olympics in February 2022 in Beijing. Will gold play a part in that? Possibly, though I doubt it. But a gold-backed yuan would give its currency considerable international credibility when China decides it's ready. I have to say, I find it odd that a nation as authoritarian as China would go for gold and all the discipline it imposes on government. But the nature of empires is that their money is sound when they rise. It's only when they start falling apart that they resort to debasement. Who knows? But perhaps China will be the trigger we gold bugs are dreaming of. But maybe that won't be such a such a good trigger after all. Thanks very much for watching. I'll be back with another video very soon. In the meantime, please subscribe to my channel.